0: Hey, what's up everybody? This is Spoken Worth. Thank you for watching the Spoken Worth Podcast. If you're watching this week's episode, click like on this video and subscribe to my YouTube channel where you can catch each week's episode. We release a weekly episode every Sunday night at 7 o'clock p.m. Again, If you're watching this week's episode, click like and subscribe to my YouTube channel. You can also listen to the podcast anywhere you enjoy listening to your podcast. That's Spotify, Apple Music, Google, Amazon, it doesn't matter. Wherever you can find a podcast, you can find this podcast. And I just want to remind you, if you haven't been reminded already, you matter, you're loved, and you're appreciated. Thank you for watching this week's episode. This week's episode, week six, is all about rejection and how Jesus understands our rejection. Enjoy. what is up everybody this is episode six episode six if you're watching this week's episode thank you you're awesome i really appreciate all the support and care of everybody that's been watching the episodes and even people who've taken time to reach out and, and share with me their thoughts on the episode or how it impacted them in some way so i really appreciate that i'm excited to get into this week's episodes it's going to be a shorter episode But nonetheless, I really hope it's something that can provide some encouragement, comfort, and hopefully give you some courage to comfort others. So let's get right into it. We're going to be talking about rejection, but really we're going to be looking at it from the perspective of how Jesus understands our rejection. And we're going to be jumping into a story in the Bible today that highlights how Jesus understands our rejection. And it really shows how Jesus understands was a real person just like us how how he would have had a lot of the same pains hurts wounds that we would have had although he was a perfect sinless man he didn't sin within his life he certainly experienced much pain sorrow and hurt within his life and it wasn't just at the cross that Jesus experienced these things and and this is this is a story in the bible where we see Jesus experiencing pain hurt and specifically rejection, the deepest level. And so hopefully, if you're someone who's watching this, maybe you're experiencing rejection in your life. Maybe you're experiencing pain and hurt from past rejection. Maybe you are really, really struggling because of rejection. If that's you, then this story that we're going to look at in the Bible together, that we're going to look at together, I really believe this story is for you. And I believe that this is a story that can provide much comfort. It's provided much comfort for me because in my life I'm someone that dreads rejection rejection is one of my greatest fears I I fear being alone. I fear not being liked by others. I fear not being approved of rejection is something that can really, really hurt. And so we live our lives. I know I've lived much of my life in a way that tries to set it up to where rejection isn't something that's going to occur, where I won't be rejected. We set up safety parameters and we play it safe. Or we push people away and we're angry. Or we hide and we fake it. Whatever it may be, anything to avoid being rejected is something that a lot of times controls our life. And that's our number one pursuit. And so rather than than living with this dread of rejection that compels us to live lives that we don't want to live, rather we, we can see and find light at the end of the tunnel. We can see that there is comfort to know that God loves us and is with us and is present in the midst of our rejection. And so much so that he would even experience rejection at the deepest level. So I want us to look at a story in Luke chapter four, Luke chapter four, verses 16 through 30. And what what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the story and then we're going to go through and we're going to break it down. But this is a story where Jesus experiences rejection at the deepest level. And so we're going to take a look at this together. Luke chapter four, beginning in verse 16, reading through verse 30. I'm reading from the New King James Version. If you have a different translation, that is fine. Just uh, it should still read pretty much the same thing. Luke chapter four, verse 16 through verse 30. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is this not Joseph's son? He said to them, You will surely say this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself. Whatever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in your country. Then he said, Assuredly, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you truly, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, and there was a great famine throughout all the land. But to none of them was Elijah sent except to Zarephath in the region of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha, the prophet. And none of them was cleansed except Naaman, the Syrian. So all those in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath and rose up and thrust him out of the city. And they led him to the brow of the hill on which their city was built, that they might throw him down over the cliff. Then passing through their midst, He went on his way. That's Luke chapter 4, verses 16 through 30. And this is a wild story that takes place. This is a wild story that takes place that oftentimes we forget actually happened in real time, in real history, in the life of Jesus. We forget that before Jesus ever goes to the cross, they were trying to kill him prior to that. This is early on in his ministry. This is in Luke chapter 4. And here we see his own people, his own people hometown, Nazareth, his friends, his family, the people that he would have grown up with, the people that would have known him, that would have known his family, his mother, his father, that would have known him as a young kid, that would have grown up and learned and played with Jesus. These are the people that reject Jesus and they just don't just reject him. They actually reject him to the point of taking him to a cliff and wanting to kill him. They completely reject Jesus in this story. And it's all because of Jesus revealing the truth of who he was and who they were. The truth of Jesus was that he was the prophesied and predicted Messiah. He was the one that, that Isaiah 61 prophesied about how The the Lord would anoint one to come and bring salvation to the poor and liberty to the captives and sight to the blind and freedom to those oppressed and forgiveness and favor for those in debt. Jesus is sharing in his hometown the truth that he is the one true Messiah. He is the Savior that Isaiah prophesied and predicted. But he doesn't just share The truth of who he is he shares the truth of when the prophesied messiah would come and he's saying salvation has come now he's saying that this prophecy of salvation that isaiah gave hundreds of years prior is now being fulfilled he sat down said to them today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing Jesus is making a bold claim. But in this bold claim, we see the response of his own community and that they reject him. They reject Jesus, even though Jesus is saying he's here to ex- to free them. Jesus is not rejecting them. He's accepting them. And he's saying, I'm here for you. I'm here to save you. He doesn't see them as the problem. He sees sin as the problem. He sees them as the one who he desires to save. He sees the people as the ones who are precious and worthy of saving. And see, in this text, in this text that he reads from Isaiah, we really see ultimately what sin does to us and how sin leaves us sin steals so much from us that it makes us poor spiritually sin leaves us heartbroken and crushed sin holds us captive and takes us where we don't want to go and keeps us there longer than we want to stay and makes us pay more than we want to pay sin blinds us to god's will and blinds us spiritually from seeing as god sees sin oppresses us and beats us up sin puts us in spiritual debt to god The truth of salvation that Jesus provides within this story is also seen. If it's true that sin does these things, then it's also true that salvation has come to save us from those things. Sin makes us poor, but salvation gives us wealth. And I'm not talking about financial wealth. I'm talking about spiritual wealth. That It gives us the ability to have, have riches in heaven, to have something that we could have never had on our own. Salvation comes to save us from the sin that blinds us because salvation gives us sight. Salvation comes to heal our broken hearts. Salvation comes to lift us from the oppression that we're in. Sin comes, I mean, salvation comes to save us from the, the, the hole that we've dug for ourselves that we can't get ourselves out of. Salvation is for the poor and lowly. Salvation is for the brokenhearted. It's for those held captive by sin. It's for those who are spiritually blind. It's for those who are in debt spiritually. But the problem in this story is the people don't see themselves as people who need saving. They don't see themselves as people who have a problem. They don't see themselves as people who are in sin and see a lot of times we're the same way a lot of times we reject jesus because we can't see the truth of who we are we can't see the truth of our condition we can't see the truth that we have had sin in our life that has stolen from us killed us and is destroying us and taking us away from the created image of god that we were given when we were created in god's image but sin taints that and destroys that and builds up an image that is contrary to God. And Jesus is offering a saving grace, a a salvation that allows us to not be seen in the image of our sin, but rather seen in the image of Jesus Christ in in the Son, in the image of God, and therefore right in the eyes of God. But they don't believe that they're in need of saving. And in fact, that's why Jesus says, you know, you're... you, you you're going to want a sign or a miracle from me. But he gives them two historical examples of the widow in Sidon or Sidon and then the Syrian soldier, the the Syrian um, Naaman, the leper who was cleansed. And this widow woman were non-Jewish, were not uh, part of Israel. They were not part of God's chosen people. They were Gentiles. And yet God extended saving grace to them. And Jesus is saying... That God is here to save anybody and everybody, but it's only for those who recognize their need for God. Like the Syrian woman, or like the Syrian Naaman, and like the, the Gentile woman. God is here to save us. But we have to recognize our need for that saving. We have to recognize our need for Jesus. The people in the story not only don't recognize their need for Jesus, but they're filled with wrath. Because Jesus is highlighting how they have a need for saving and they reject Jesus. They drive him out of the city. They drive him to a cliff and they want to kill him. But Jesus walks on his way and Jesus leaves. And I believe that's the last time we see Jesus really in Nazareth. During his life, the last time he's with his family and friends, the last time he's in his hometown, the last time he's with the people he would have grown up with and had childhood memories with, the last time Jesus is home, he's rejected and kicked out. Imagine if that was us. How would we have felt to be rejected by our own community, our own hometown for simply sharing the truth of who we are? See, Jesus understands our rejection. He understands when people reject us, when we're vulnerable with them, he understands when we are rejected for speaking truth about God's word. we uh, He understands when we are rejected for righteousness sake. Jesus understands rejection. And so understand next time you're rejected, you're not alone. Jesus understands you. He understands the deepest form of rejection, rejection from his own family, his own community. I mean, his own family thought he was crazy and, and demanded and wanted him to come home at one point and stop what he was doing when he was preaching and teaching the kingdom of God. James, his brother, didn't even believe until after he died. Jesus understands rejection. Jesus' 12 friends abandoned him. And one of them sold him over to those who killed and murdered him. Jesus understands rejection. Jesus understands rejection Every time we say no to him and yes to our sin, he understands rejection. You're not alone, even when you feel alone, and you're not alone in your rejection. Find comfort in Jesus. And next time you experience rejection, understand it's an invitation from Jesus to connect with him in an intimate way that you couldn't connect with him in any other way. Jesus understands rejection. But there's other lessons from this story as well not just Jesus understanding rejection. We see that that salvation is a person and his name is Jesus Christ from Nazareth. And the only person salvation isn't for is the person who doesn't think they need salvation in the first place. In other words, the only person who won't be saved is the person who didn't think they needed Jesus. Jesus is salvation. And if we don't think we need Jesus, we cannot be saved. I can't get salvation. I can't have Jesus if I don't even want Jesus. If I can't If I reject Jesus, I'm rejecting more than just Jesus. I'm rejecting salvation itself. We learn that God will send truthful messages through unexpected and unlikely people. Jesus was the most unexpected and unlikely person in Nazareth at that time to stand up in a synagogue and say what he said, to read what he read, and to claim what he claimed, to claim that he was the Messiah and that the year of the Lord's favor, the year of this, this Messiah that was prophesied to come, that he had come now, and that it was him, that was outrageous, it was unexpected, and it was unlikely, but it was true. And God did that on purpose. God sends truth and powerful truth through unexpected and unlikely people during unexpected and unlikely times. And we also learn that Jesus calls us to proclaim God's truth, regardless of the consequences. Jesus is willing. Uh, his willingness to stand on truth and to proclaim truth, regardless of his consequences, is admirable, and it's something we should learn from. We should be willing to stand up for what God has said and for what God wants for our life and the truth of the gospel that it has the power to save, we should be willing to shout that from the rooftops and say it regardless of the consequences, even if people reject us for it. We also learn that truth by nature will often challenge and call us to change. We can either accept it or reject it. And see, Jesus presents a truth here that gives them the opportunity to accept it and then change internally and then by nature change externally within their life the change was what they feared the change is what they were refusing they didn't want the change in their life so they didn't want jesus in their life they didn't want the truth that jesus had for them They wanted to stay where they were at. They wanted to stay comfortable. They thought they were in the right place with God, and they didn't think they needed to do anything, or or they didn't think anything needed to change. And so we need to see that truth by nature it gives us an opportunity to change into the likeness of Jesus. And so when we reject truth, we actually reject we reject the opportunity to be transformed into the image of Jesus more and more and more. And then lastly. We learn that it may feel costly to us to submit to Jesus and accept hard truth. But rejecting Jesus and denying truth is always far more costly. They didn't want to accept Jesus and the truth that he was the Messiah and the truth that they were poor and blind and oppressed and captive by sin and in debt to sin. They didn't want to, they didn't want to accept that. Why? Because they understood that if they accepted that, it would have cost them something and it would have costed submission on their end. It would have required submission. But see, what they didn't realize is that by rejecting Jesus, they ended up, Losing out on a lot more in the long run. They ended up losing out on salvation. Maybe they stayed comfortable with where they were at in that moment. Maybe they didn't have a lot of change that occurred within their life. Or they maybe they didn't feel convicted to, to submit and follow Jesus. And so they stayed in control of their life. But guess what? They missed out on the opportunity to be freed from their poorness and brokenness and captivity to sin. They missed out on the thing that mattered most. And so when we reject truth, we may stay in our place of comfort and of 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 safety and security, but we end up missing out on the things that matter most. Truth is an awesome opportunity, but we, we ought not to reject it. Because when we reject truth, we reject opportunity that God is giving us to really, really grow and transform and be changed. Wow, there's a lot we learned from Luke chapter 4, 16 through 30. But ultimately, we understand and learn that Jesus understands our rejection. And he's patient with us as we continue to reject him over and over and over. So what's the so what for this episode? The so what is accept Jesus for who he is and come to him as you are. If you're poor or if you're blind or if you're brokenhearted or if you're in captivity to sin, if you're in debt, if you're in a hole so deep that you can't dig yourself out of, guess what? You're right where Jesus needs you to be when you come to him because he doesn't need you to come in any way else, any any other way. No pretenses, no fig leaves, just the authentic self would do. Why? Because Jesus has come for you. He has sent his son. God has sent his son to save those who are poor, brokenhearted, blind, captive, and in debt. The question remains, do we see ourselves as someone who is blind, poor, brokenhearted, captive, and in debt? And if so, would we just submit and receive the offer of salvation that Jesus has for us? And if we have received that, if we have believed, and if we've died to ourselves, and if we've been buried and born again, and, and resurrected with the gift of the Holy Spirit. We should be telling people about this offer of salvation from the Messiah. We should be telling them that the Messiah has come and that He is here and that He is for them. And that regardless of how poor they are, how broken they are, how blind they are, how captive they are, how in debt they are, it does not matter because the Messiah has come for you, for them. We should be telling everybody That we can about the messiah about jesus about the christ the one and only so hopefully this episode was something that comforted you provided encouragement in some way or maybe challenged you in some way but regardless if you've watched this far thank you for watching i encourage you to go spend time in luke chapter 4 verses 16 through 30 i believe it'll richly bless your life i do jesus is awesome and jesus loves you And regardless of what's happened or what you've you've gone through or what you've done, he wants to be in a relationship with you. Thank you for watching this week's episode. Speak love, speak life, speak worth, not hate. God bless.